The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Truth That Heals podcast, and I am the host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez. And for today's episode, I wanted to just dive right in because a lot of people have asked me um, what happened in Dover, Delaware, uh, the Diocese of Wilmington, where my community, the, the, the community that I was in, was previously allowed to stay there for so many years by the by one of the bishops there and then in i think it was 2013 maybe 2013 2012 when a new bishop came his name was bishop maluli and our community founded by father bing our community had been kicked out and the priest uh, were not anymore allowed to celebrate mass or hear confessions but people ask me what is the real story behind that is it a persecution or was something more happening behind the scenes so I'm going to answer that question as best to my knowledge and I say as best to my knowledge because Father Bing and the rest of the superiors, I I feel and I know that they covered up so much from us and from uh, the rest of uh, the supporters. So I'm going to answer that question as best to my knowledge and trying to filter out the lies that Father Bing gave and give the the real answer. So stay tuned, and I'll be answering that question shortly. I remember seeing Father Bing towards the end of my stay in Dover, Delaware, and I can even picture him, picture him in my head, the memory of seeing him announcing to the community and to the benefactors, the promoters, that a letter had officially been sent from the bishop saying that the community of the two hearts, the institutes of the two hearts, were no longer permitted to stay within the diocese and that we had about a month or so to leave. And once he made this announcement, of course, benefactors, promoters, supporters were full of confusion because it seemed like out of nowhere that this bishop, uh, Bishop Maluli, was sending this letter. So immediately everyone was saying, "This is a persecution. Something is something is going is going on. How come the bishop would would do such a thing?" And Father Bing allowed for that narrative to to go on because all that he said 
all he said was, let's just pray. You know, don't fight against the bishop. Don't retaliate. Just, just pray and everything will be okay. So I guess that was kind of smart on Father Bing's part not to not to push for like some kind of uh, some kind of a rebellion towards the bishop um but everyone looked at it as if father bing and the community was some kind of like innocent victim being persecuted by the these evil bishops and the evil diocese of wilmington and that's not the whole truth and i think that the family members of brothers and sisters deserve to know the truth. I think that people who have given money, who have given support, deserve to know the truth. And I think that people who have really shown obedience to Father Bing deserve to know the truth because there are so many layers and so many cover-ups. And the true story is that there is much more, much more going on. So uh, let's let's pause for a moment. So what happened is Father Bing out of the blue announces it to the benefactors, the promoters, that we are no longer going to be permitted to stay in the diocese of Wilmington because of the bishop's like spontaneous decision. However, I want to tell you a timeline, uh, a small timeline of what happened and what caused what caused the communities of the two hearts to be kicked out. So the true reason why we were kicked out wasn't because of some random decision by the bishop. I kind of want to go back and talk about two key things. One is the exorcisms and mental health. And the second would be uh, the recruitment, the recruitment process, because so many members had been recruited and unfortunately there was no real psychological evaluation. And so what happened during the years is Father Bing is putting these quotas, urging the third orders to, you know, go look for vocations, recruit, 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 do the home enthronements, do the house blessings, do this, do that. You got to do uh, 30 per week, 40 per week. You got to uh, recruit uh, per month or per year, a certain quota. And so I think looking at it from 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 today's perspective and looking back i feel that a lot of people had great intentions wanting to serve the church wanting to join a religious community however the crappy thing was that our community was very disorganized and Yes, we would pretty much recruit anybody. And the the big mistake was these mass recruitments or, you know, striving, really like forcing, like a desperation to get members. 
and not looking at the psychological uh, welfare, uh, well-being of of the members. So what happened was to kind of like make the timeline uh, much shorter. I, I'm not going to mention names because this is very sensitive information. Um, we did have a certain member who unfortunately was going through some uh, mental uh, struggles. And what Father Bing and the other superiors did was instead of help this guy get treatment or get evaluation, it's every day they were doing exorcisms. And now exorcisms, uh, for those of you don't know who don't know, to do an exorcism, there has to be a long process. There has to be an investigation. There has to be doctors involved. There has to be authenticity that that something is going on. Whether you believe in demons or not, uh, that's up to you. But the process in, in Catholicism is not just uh, a priest saying, ah, I think he got the devil. So let's uh, let's like, get the holy water. Let's get the solemn exorcism book. And let's get those demons out of you. That's not how the process should be. Uh, but Father Bing, being super, super priest that he is, being super holy. And I'm saying that sarcastically. Being super holy decides, all right, we're just going to do exorcisms, solemn exorcisms every day on this member and on everybody else. So we're all doing uh, exorcisms every day, pretty much. Uh, so you have this, this member who has a mental health crisis, and you have Father Bing and uh, other members kind of playing with that. And exploiting that because what happened was another, a, a newer recruit had come in. And um, unfortunately, this newer recruit, I only knew him for a very short period. But he would see this older member, you know, going through the exorcisms and how this older member would be screeching on the floor and yelling and and doing all of these these things to make it appear that he was demonically possessed and what i saw was that this person who was this new recruit who was looking at the older member going through uh quote unquote demonic attacks it appeared to me as a witness, it appeared to me that he was, I don't know if it's like imitating or I don't know if there's some kind of a psychological terms for it, but then he starts getting like the same symptoms, sort of, you know, just not so intense, but he starts having some, some odd things Odd things are happening in his behavior. So one day, uh, when it's time for uh, prayers at in the evening, 
um, he just take this new recruit just takes off and he has unfortunately an episode, a psychological episode. He has something that just went off and he, he just took off barefoot running in the streets of, of Delaware. And we were able to find him. And in, in my thought, in my mind and in the mind of the rest of the, the brothers in my community, uh, the rest of the brothers who, who really cared for him, we knew that this place wasn't for him. We knew that he had to get some kind of treatment, some kind of mental health evaluation. And for, for us, we were, we were disappointed that, that we allowed this to happen without an evaluation. But then you have father Jose and uh, it, it hurts. It hurts for me to mention his name uh, for reasons that you may know if, you, if you've heard my podcast, but it was just so, so stupid on his part because uh, the family of of that new recruit came in and wanted to take their son back. And what Father Jose was urging the family was like, no, he should stay here. We're, we're going to take care of him. You know, we're going to send him to the Philippines. Everything is going to be fine. And the young, the young man, from what I, from what I've understood, the young man also wanted to stay. So what happened was, uh, the family agreed, or the father agreed. All right, my son will stay here with with you, and uh, we'll give him another chance. So you have two parties here. You have Father Jose, who is who didn't care about the mental health, who didn't care about uh, the well being of this person, and then you have the rest of the community who is going through this conflict. Because, yes, we have to do obedience and we have to do all these quotas that Father Bing gives us. But at the same time, it's just a a conflict knowing that something isn't right. And so Father Father Jose announces to the community, okay, he is going to stay here. And it was the biggest shock to all of us that... Father Jose cared more about the numbers than he cared about the person. And now that I think about it, it's not so shocking because if you understand how Father Bing operates and how Father Bing humiliates superiors for not hitting his quotas, then you can kind of understand. But I don't want to give a a pass to Father Jose. So you might be asking what the heck does that have to do with the community of the two hearts getting kicked out of of Dover, Delaware? So what happened was that this episode that that this new recruit had, the event happened again a second time, and it was worse, and it was just it was just so chaotic and police, you know, were 
I don't know if there were any arrests, but I I saw there was a cop car and I saw them taking him away. I don't know. I don't know what happened. That for me, that is a mystery, and I'm I'm never going to look into that um, because of the privacy of of the the ones involved. Um, but um, yes, the the police came, and the family of of this young man obviously was upset that we allowed for this to happen. And then so the family reached out saying that how come our our son, how come our our young man was subject to exorcisms every day and this awkward spirituality and how come he's like come back so different? And that was only uh, this. These events were only like uh, within a month or two months time. I I don't remember. It was just so short. But now thinking about it, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious as to how the sleep deprivation might have played played a role. How him seeing this other member with uh, this older member with. Uh, mental issues if if this new recruit seeing that if that also played a role and so of course obviously the family was very upset and from what i understand was that for the bishop since he was kind of new it was like the last straw because they had there had already been so many complaints about our community prior so our community was already like hanging on to a thread because we were always finding fights with the parish or with the diocese. And so when this happened, it appeared that Father Bing was, and the community was just going to take the L, take the loss and leave and disappear. But that is not what happened. So it wasn't like some kind of random letter that the bishop sent to us announcing we were no longer permitted to stay there. We had seen the we had seen the progress of of the bishops and the diocese's communication with us getting a lot more intense and it wasn't out of the blue. We we knew what was happening. And what what our community did was to the people, it looks like we're obeying the bishop. We're saying, okay, everyone, we're going to obey. We're going to leave because that's what the bishop wants. So pray for him. But Father Bing had his own agenda. So I remember before I left for the Philippines, um, it was it was told to us, that they were going to send two brothers, at least two brothers, who were not known to the people of Dover, Delaware. And the reason for this is that these two brothers can still stay on the property and the people will not know who they are because they're unfamiliar with these with these two new people. And these and these two brothers will be in Dover, Delaware, in the mission in the mission house dressed as regular 
people. They're not going to be dressing up as priests or as religious. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing is that uh, our our priests were no longer permitted, as I said earlier, their faculties to celebrate Mass, to hear confessions, had been removed from the diocese, from the bishop. And it was also explained to me that they were, they were going to send um, a priest as well who was not known to the diocese of, of Wilmington and who was not known by the supporters and that this priest or priest, I'm not sure how many were sent, but they would be undercover in secret, in hiding, and that they would be celebrating mass and hearing confessions for the brothers and sisters. So we had our own agenda. And it frustrates me because I mentioned the, the cult tactics in previous episodes, and I've mentioned about the intensity of obedience. And yet here, Father Bing, he has the perfect chance to himself follow obedience, to himself follow and to serve and to do his duty as a priest of the church. But instead, he chose to do his own loopholes and to disobey. So we have what the people think, the narrative that we were just kicked out, perhaps for jealousy, uh, perhaps for some kind of a grudge. And the truth is, much more deeper than that. So you have these, you, ha you have members like me who went to the Philippines and just moved on with our life. And then you had these other members who were just obeying Father Bing's orders and are now staying in secret, in hiding in Dover, Delaware. And I believe that they are still there. And real quickly, I want to explain why I think that they are still there and not to make it sound like I'm making these things up because it's so easy for people to attack me saying, where's the proof? Where are the pictures? And you got to keep in mind, we had, we had no, I had no access to a freaking camera, to a phone, to any of those of that technology so it's it's very hard but i i hope you bear with me so i can explain uh why i think that they might still be there so before i i left to go to the philippines um i remember before going to jfk to the airport that that same day that i was getting dropped off that we were picking up a priest uh, from our community who was being sent from the Philippines and he was being sent and I was being, you know, I was being, uh, sent away, but we were able to, to meet, uh, outside the airport and he's dressed in civilian clothes. So I knew that, that the agenda of keeping things running, uh, in, in the mission house in Dover that father Bing had no intentions to obeying the Bishop. Uh, so if he tells you, you have to obey to the letter, 
you can throw it back at him that he hasn't been obedient to the letter at all. And he's been actually deceiving, deceitful to allow members, not, I don't want to say allow, but to coerce members to do these things. Because when I, I did that in, in the diocese of San Jose Nueva Ecija, where I would be going to the diocese in Nueva Ecija, where we had been, we had some conflict with the bishop there. And I would dress up as like some kind of college student and I would just like disappear and people wouldn't know that I'm a brother. Um, but that's the, the, the idea that Father Bing would plant in our heads was that there is a persecution going on and we are like the, we are the church. So we need to find loopholes. We need to find ways to be cunning and to sneak because they're trying to destroy us. They're trying to destroy our community. And this is how the devil attacks. So I knew, I know that way of thinking and I was seeing it being repeated again. But at least this time, unlike in San Jose Nueva Ecija, I didn't know what really was going on with the bishop. And in this case, in the Diocese of Wilmington, I knew that it was all Father Jose's fault and Father Bing's fault for being stupid. For making the stupid and selfish decision to recruit members and not to care for their mental health, not to care even for their spiritual health, you know, doing all of these exorcisms without express permission from the local ordinary from the bishop, which is wrong on so many levels. So before I go to the Philippines, I know that this priest is going to be staying in in Wilmington and he's going to be uh, providing sacraments. He's going to be he's going to be providing mass confession for whoever stays there. But again, that isn't following the church law because the bishop had already removed us. And so in any any religious house to have the Eucharist, you need permission from the bishop. And Father Bing, he's supposedly a canon lawyer, but I don't know if he paid someone to get to get that degree. I'm not sure if he had someone else do his assignments, but he seems to really not know his canon law that good. And shoot, I'm not even canon lawyer, but I know some things. You gotta just open the damn book and you see see it right there, written black and white. And so we get we get kicked out of Wilmington. They send in uh, new members who aren't known by by the the rest of the supporters in 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 the East Coast. But here's the thing, because I mentioned that I think that they are still there. So what happened was to kind of make the story go by faster. I left the community and. Probably a year or two later, I decided to pay a visit to some friends that I had in the East Coast. And I'm I'm with these friends and I I told one of them, hey, look, I would really like to go drive by the mission house 
and just to pray. I'm not going to walk on the property. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to go and see it and pray. Because, you know, I had so many memories being there. And although most of those memories were kind of crappy, I had some some great memories, you know, with my brothers and my sisters. And I just I just wanted to go back and just just look at this huge property that we had. And so I go back to where we had been kicked out. And I remember I'm outside the gate. Now there's like a gate blocking. I'm outside the gate and a Filipina lady starts walking from all the way inside. Starts walking and she she comes to the gate and I'm just there on the opposite side of the gate, pretty much in the street, just head bowed, just trying to remember everything and just just praying for everyone. And this lady comes walking and she starts yelling at me, who are you? What are you doing here? And I'm trying to explain, hey, look, lady, uh, isn't this the place of the two hearts? Who I asked you, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, hey, look, I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just, uh, I know that this place used to be the of the two hearts. I'm just trying to pray outside. I'm not on the property. I'm just outside here and so she starts bugging the hell out of me and starts you know continues her rant and so i i couldn't take it so i told her well hey where's mother agnes where's mother agnes get her out here right now i want to see mother agnes and she tells me oh um uh mother agnes uh she just uh left for the airport uh not long ago or she left uh not that long ago. And my response is, well, why the hell is she here in the first place? Why is Mother Agnes here if the bishop has removed permission for, for members to operate in this diocese? And you know what? She had no answer. She, I mean, what the hell is she going to say? I mean, there's no answer to that because I caught them red-handed. I mean, from her mouth, I don't know who the hell she was. I wish her the best. I hope she's out of there. But uh, she made it clear that Agnes had been on that property. And this was maybe two or three years after the fact that the bishop had kicked out the institutes of the two hearts. And are they still there? Well, I know they, that they sent two brothers. Uh, they are. I I don't want to say uh, too much information about the brothers who are there because it's it's not really their fault. I think that they are really under coercion, under mind reform. And I put the blame on Father Bing and uh, Father Jose and Mother Agnes for doing all these cover-ups, for allowing the people to think that the bishop had some kind of a, a jealousy some kind of a persecution when in fact uh, the diocese of Wilmington was just sick and tired of this community, uh, Father Bing and Father Jose, just covering up um, their, their corruption, their corruption when it came to recruitment, their corruption when it came to spirituality and using the sacrament, the sacramental uh, of exorcism. 
And so you, the people, the family members, the victims deserve to know the truth. You who have been told you have to obey, you deserve to know that they are the last ones to obey. They are the last ones to be transparent and that you might have been hardcore in your obedience. You might have given so much money and yet here this community, these priests, uh, Father Bing, are doing so many shady things. So just one last story to kind of end it because uh, as I said, I was in the East Coast. Um, and so what happened was after that after that encounter, I went to go see a a former a former supporter. He was still a supporter, actually. Um, he's already he's already passed on, but I went to go visit him. And while I was with him, he started crying. I mean, really weeping. And he told me that I had been the first brother to reach out to him. He said none of the other brothers, none of the other sisters had reached out to him. And he and his 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 thoughts were, you know, that damn bishop. How could he do this? How can he remove such an innocent community? How can he remove you you from here when y'all have done nothing? And he showed me an envelope from the Sith sisters or from the two heart sisters, whatever they call themselves an envelope asking for donations. And he was showing me this envelope and he, he was telling me, although you are not, your communities are not here anymore, I still send my, my monthly donation. And now this man was in his mid to late 80s. He was a widower. He lived by himself. And these sisters... And some of the brothers and Father Bing, all of them, they were just down the street. And they could never even give him a visit. But they would visit benefactors who gave a lot of money. Now, why is that? If you're a man of God or if you're a woman of God or whatever of God, aren't you supposed to you know, take care of the person? But in this case, I see so much greed on the part of the Two Hearts movement of the leadership of Father Bing, of Mother Agnes. And they're willing to disobey and they're willing to lie to your face. They're willing to lie to the bishops and they're willing to lie to family members to make it look like they're innocent lambs innocent victims getting persecuted by the church when in fact much more is going on. So I hope that this short episode makes you to think critical thinking as to what happened, as to why it happened. And 
if you did give a lot of money or if you still are giving a lot of money, it's up to you. But at the same time, you deserve to know what happened. So that's it for today, everyone. Uh, please, if you have any more questions, feel free to reach out to me on my Facebook or on my Twitter, and I would be more than happy to answer your questions uh, on the podcast. Mm-hmm.